You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's Moitzoy Shabbos, this must be Rizcha Daraisa. And this Moitzoy Shabbos, as we broke Shabbos, um, we found out that this afternoon, the all the AP and all the other media outlets have determined that Joseph Robinette Biden will indeed be the 46th president as uh, Philadelphia, that bastion of freedom, the, ca- the votes that were counted there in Philadelphia pushed them over the top. And now, uh, Rabbi Bechafer, you got what you wanted. Oh, I forgot to say, yes, I'm with Rabbi Yosef Gabriel Bechafer. And I know you got what you wanted uh, in terms of a Biden presidency. Uh, we don't think that um, Donald Trump's um, challenges will probably hold too much water. Um, I think that uh, along with Rabbi Bechafer and what he said over the last couple of weeks, and myself, we all miss Paul, of course. This, as his Rebetzin said last week, this Medina Shalchesed should remain that way, and we should all... Uh, he should be the captain and the leader in a way that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gives him the chokhmah and bina, and for the toyelas of of all of us, not just uh, the people like Bechafer and myself that want his uh, Medicaid for all, our Medicare for all, right? But I think that uh, you know, as much as we like to comment on the election and uh, what was going on there, and uh, I think we we are machuyev to say, although people listen to this weeks afterwards that the news Erev Shabbos, and I just found out Moitzai Shabbos, maybe it was true in Erev Shabbos as well, of the passing of two very important people in Kuala Yisrael, two Rabbonim Cheshuvim Od, Reb David Feinstein, Zacharin Rocha, and I'm going to say actually Zacharin Sadok Rocha because he was a tremendous, tremendous Balmidais. I saw that often by him, and then when I had discussed to see him, but my, my brother is very close to him, and I had a chance to see him a number of times, um, an onov and a yerushalayim, um, and a person who um, not only, of course, benon shel tzadikim, but also someone who was tre- tremendously moser to his talmidim, and I would say preserving in many ways, Rabbi Yosef, the the yisodis of his father. Uh, it's very hard to be the son of. The premier Godolador, the 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 Ilui, the Chocham Mikolodam. Um, it's almost unfair uh, for people to to look at Reb David uh, in light of his father. I think in many ways he was Mamshech, many many of the Midas Toivos and Hogos. And I will say that although I'm not sure of of of, of his his rabbinic writings, there is a very important sefer called the Dibartabam. In my mind, it's maybe not the most uh, well-known, but as a number of psokim and eros where Rabdovid explains and gives a lot of tam to the psokim of his father. Um, do you want to comment a little bit on Rabdovid? No, well, you said it all. He's a, the, a, a, he was an object of tremendous affection. So he, on the lowly side, he was uh, um, the... Uh, the leader took over Moshe on a personal level for many people, even um, that I know, and uh, he was uh, addressed with God Yisrael, and above all, a tremendous honor. 
Amazing one. I can tell you, I, I do want to just say one thing again, and I'm going to try to work on the Bidibarta bum this week and maybe this Thursday, uh, give a shear based on some shtiklach uh, that uh, Rab David was machadish and was mevar really uh, from his father. Um, I want to tell you, there, you know, the cold doidi when it came out, uh, came out, I guess, when I was about 12 or 13. Um, it's a very nice concise Likut of Alochis of Hilchas Pesach, of the Seder, uh, with, uh, and you can see Rav Moshe's fingerprints on it, but it's a very, very nice direct uh, Hezber of the Alochis. Very, very well done, I think. And it's, uh, I think it's been translated by Art Scroll, and I believe. And Mirza um, yeah, I, I it's terrible when someone uh, passes away, but hopefully this will be a Echitimza for Abdavid's Torah to be Nespashet Chutza. Uh, I think we have to sort of like counter Rab David in a sense with the passing of uh, Jonathan Sachs, Lord Jonathan Sachs, um, Rabbi Yaakov, um, almost the opposite in a way. Uh, he did not grow up in a rabbinic family, I don't think, um, of, of rabbinic aristocracy. And yet he really uh, rose through the inspiration of uh, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yashaber, and of course, Rav Nochmez, Rabinovich, and other of his rabbeim. Uh, to really become, uh, in my mind, not only the premier spokesman um, for a, a balanced orthodoxy that could really include, um, uh, he really uh, was able to touch so many people, and 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 he could get away with saying stuff that I don't think anybody else could, and still remain completely oduk uh, to even I guess the most charedish uh, person in a way. No. And I, I, I guess but that's not his. Uh, uh, really, he was, um, as you, I'm sure you're about to say, his primary uh, godless was how he was you know, articulate and uh, thoughtful and uh, uh, positive uh, Kiddush Hashem towards the Umosa Olam, towards uh, oh, the sure. Jews. I think beyond anybody else in the Jewish world today. Uh, well, I, I, I believe all all the stories about the queen or the prime minister and all them using him for as a as a baleitza uh, and as being a religious voice and providing moral clarity. I believe that all because um, it definitely stood Meshich Malamala. Uh and, and I think this thing that I started with, I think, is so crucial, and, and I think that we're going to miss that. We have we have so much. Um, I hope Rizka Daraisa is not one of the uh, examples of that, but um, I think as a spokesman, as somebody that almost everyone uh, could be, not just be impressed by his English and by impressed by the quality of his prose, but I think he was able uh, to create a, a moral, universal message that was a good shtickle tire as well. Um, you know, uh, you know, when he talks about the, the two shittas of Beethoven and, and Mozart and he, he compares them, I didn't feel it was forced, uh, you know, the type of things that he said. He, he, again, they always say that if you have an English accent, you can get away with a lot of things. But most of what I know from him is, um, is through his writings. And I, I, think, he's able, I think he was able, uh, I, I think the, the uh, masterpiece is, is his Hakdoma to the... Uh, to the Yom Kippur Machser, uh, where I think he was Mamash Machadish, something uh, about the whole Yisoyed of Tshuva. 
uh, that I had never seen uh, expressed before. And even when he was malakit and took from others, he took from a way that uh, Yiddishkeit never seemed to be a handmaiden to the uh, philosophical ideas and social scientists uh, that he quoted. I think that it's, it's, it's hard to walk that tightrope. It wasn't you're someone that, that writes professionally. I'm sure you, when you looked at the things that he put down and the way he, uh, you know, what he wrote and what he didn't write, you have to be astonished by uh, the quality of what he was able to put out uh, consistently. No? I'm not such a big bulky in his writings. I just know that uh, what he represents. I know you don't have time to look at so much stuff. You're you're busy doing your own Torah, but uh, I, you know, I'm the guy that uh, you know. But I, but I happen to see his things. You that's know, why and, you're, that's why you're giving the aspect. I'm just concurring. <laughs> well, again, I was shocked. I again, I uh, the first thing my daughter said, let's find out about the election. And the next thing I saw when I opened my computer was Jonathan Sachs. Uh, again, I, we, we're mocked the shiurim for him, um, for both of these men, for Rab David Feinstein and, and Rab Yaakov, Lord Jonathan Sachs. Um, you know, Tianafshim Tzirubetzerachayim. They're they're both big losses for for Klal Yisrael. Oh, and I would and I would say that um, you know we would need the type of Menuchas Hanefesh, the Simchas Achayim, the Alizus the connection to what real Torah meant without, um, you know, politics that David Feinstein had. And I think we also need to have someone who can express themselves and be Orla Goyim, to be Masalik, the, 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 the terrible things of Chil Hashem, and yet speak to everyone and really to, to, to build a way that um, this type of coalition that Claudia Yisrael needs. I would I think, like to recommend everybody uh, to watch the YouTube uh, recording of BB for the BBC, I think it is, of Jonathan Sachs debating Richard Dawkins. Mm. It's wow. very hard to get to, to to get to go to Richard Dawkins. The of atheism is one of the, but uh, Rabbi Sachs did. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's definitely an Avedish Einachizeris, and again. Um, I, in both cases, I think that I, I'll go out there and say, you know, unfortunately, in a in a zman of tikshoret, a zman when you need to have public voices, um, you know, Jonathan Sachs's voice will be sorely missing. I I was under the impression, you know, you have a little bit more a connection there than I do, but I was under the impression that YU was going to use him as their mashkiach. Did that ever pan out? That he was the mashkiach in Yeshiva University? Uh, he could not. He would if he had. If he had taken the job in YU, he would have lost not just his pension, which he would have lost, in fact, but, uh, but uh, also his, I think, his stature as the uh, former chief rabbi, and he would have become diminished by becoming associated with a specific institution. He would right. have to. He wouldn't have given up his lordship, right? I mean, even uh, yeah, even Megan, Megan, and and what's his name? And Harry, was it Harry? Didn't well, they? No, he lost by being by being the president by being the president of YU. But I think that it would have been, I think he realized that it would have been a uh, a, a diminished role, not a greater role to be the president of YU. Yeah, I think he could have tutored a lot in terms of, uh, I mean, YU is, is definitely uh, an institution that is that uh, has done incredible things and will completely do incredible things. Yeah, I think he could have definitely added 
And to the American, I would have, again, he would have added to the American scene. Let's move on. I know you had something that you, that, that uh, uh, was riling you a little bit. And um, now I'm going to set the table for you. I'm going to let you uh, punch this up as much as you want. Uh, and again, I, you know, Rabbi Bechoffer, uh besides being, we talked about being chavrusas and, and uh, combatants, Rebekah is also the person who lets me know what's going on in the world sometimes. And he let me know about this statement that the Aguda uh, published here on October 28th. Um, and it seems, I'm going to read parts of it, and uh, Rebekah, you can respond to that, and maybe we're also going to tell you about some other responses that we received on this topic. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm quoting the uh, statement of Agudath Yisrael. The Jewish people is a nation based on the belief in one Hashem. I'm not going to comment here. And the Torah that he gave us, and nothing else, by omitting this truth, the Jerusalem program and the Zionist ideology it embodies attempt to redefine the essence of the Jewish people as a political entity similar to all other nations of the world. This redefinition goes against the essence of our Amun and Mesorah. Okay, I'm going to skip the next paragraph. Oh, I wrote part of it. Uh, we therefore reiterate any suggestion that the ideology of the ideology of Zionism is compatible with Haredi Jewry's fundamental beliefs has no basis and must be rejected. A party identifying itself as representing Haredi Jews has no authority to sign a coalition agreement within the World Zionist Congress together with other Jewish parties including non-Orthodox religious groups, as happened last week. Har- then Haredi Jewry has long abided by the halachic ruling of the most revered Torah leaders. It's forbidden to join Jewish organizations whose purpose is to bring Orthodox Jewry together with non-Orthodox under one organizational umbrella. What happened last week at the World Zionist Congress transgresses the spirit of that ruling and represents a departure from accepted Haredi norms. Whatever financial benefits may accrue to worthy institutions as a result of this coalition agreement, they do not justify the abandonment of principle. At a time when there is so much confusion in our Jewish world, it's essential that we Haredim, and I think this is the part you're going to jump on, remind ourselves that we stand for principle, and we cannot stand silently by when fundamental values are distorted. Okay, I've read it. I'm a little bit confused. Why don't you give us some perspective and um, tell us what you think. Give us some risk about this. Um, I, uh, this is the first time, by the best of my knowledge, which admittedly might be uh, inaccurate, that um, the, the Aguda has ever defined Haredi principles. You can define Agudist principles, but to define a Haredi principles, and then to spoke about themselves as Haredim and the representatives of Haredim and what Haredim do and do not believe in. That's not that the Aguda has not does not have a trademark on the um, notion of being Haredi, and the Aguda should not be allowed to have that trademark. Uh, I'm sure the Ada Haredis would be very upset if the Aguda uh, was <laughs> as the trademark. <laughs> the Sabarov uh, that we, of course, uh, mention here with great reverence and COVID would definitely not be happy uh, in his Gan Eden uh, Madur uh, hearing that there was a conflation of Haredi and Aguda, yes. So, um, 
<laughs> uh, at the time, uh, Paul Edgar also called himself Haredi. You know, so Haredi is a very, very, uh, it's, uh, and once by the time the OU, before it became taboo, its, it's Hebrew name was something like uh, Aguda Sayyid. Kilos Akharadios that Tosa Bris and something to that effect. I think that something which began in, when we were in Chicago in the 90s to uh, be to friend, uh, that American Jews before that did not use the term Kharadi to describe themselves, like that maybe, or sometimes ultra Orthodox, but the term Kharadi was an import from Eretz Israel from, uh, had, it started getting more, more widespread in the 90s and then. Until the point that we have the statement from our goods as well today. And uh, it, it bothers me, even though I understand and, uh, that Zionism is, is something which is uh, uh, antithetical in its pristine social Zionism, social Zionism meaning as, uh, as uh, depicted by the Zionist Congress platform in Basel in 1905, whenever it was that Zionists might do with religion. Buddhism and Zionism, and even Haredism and Zionism, are incompatible because Zionism was a purely nationalistic movement. But um, the question is, uh, in general, is Zaguda stuck in history? And uh, I think they are. I think that uh, you see that in yeshivas occasionally when people uh, um, manifest their uh, detestation of the state of Israel on the basis of a book like Perfidy. A book like Perfidy is uh, for the was written about the Ben Gurion and his cohorts uh, uh, seventy years ago. History has moved on since seventy years ago. We have to be Masker, the author, the great Hollywood screenwriter Ben Hecht, um, who uh, was responsible for so many uh, great uh, films and uh, so much enjoyment to the world. I have to throw in a film reference. You hit me with Sean Connery last week. So you have, to, and here you have to mention it was Ben Hecht. It's his host, a very talented writer who definitely gave the Kastner, the story of the Kastner trial and the assassination and everything. He definitely gave it a very dramatic spin in perfidy, which I think is one of the reasons why it's so such an effective book, but go ahead. And uh, Yaldei Tehran, which is uh, always evoked, uh, evoked from time to time, and so on and so forth. These were things which, which uh, took place in the distant past and not reflect the current reality. And uh, the question is whether this Hisnagdus, which is mired in the four, 1940s and perhaps early 50s, is something which still has to be stressed to this extent today. What is the point of making this I- I- an issue? Yes, for those who are pristine, pure, unadulterated ideal, idealists and ideologues, this is a necessary statement to make. But for some reason, the same pristine, pure uh, ideologues do not make the same statement repudiating people to the right of them, such as Satmer, who uh, were very antithetical to the Aguda, and very opposed to Aguda. So I don't think, I think there's a kind of selective uh, repudiation based on the whims and notions of whoever wrote this uh, statement. And uh, I, I, I'd like to know again. It probably has some relevance in Eretz Yisrael, and and it sounds like it was a way to sort of come together and maybe so, like you said, getting some money for institutions. Why does a good Yisrael of America have to issue the statement? I mean, especially you know, we look to them for leadership here in the United States and maybe in Canada. 
why is this statement so crucial that uh, it had to be put forward? It's confusing, especially for people who, who, who who's, they're more interested in, are the schools opening? What's going on with the masks? What's happening? Uh, what's, the, what's happening with our shuls and, and, and things like that, or about the election, the United presidential election? When, when you put look, we have this problem with Rishad Arisa. If we would be on every single, we'd be on every single day. People wouldn't listen to us. Why did we need to have a topic about this at all? What do you think? I think you should also mention. We should mention that the hilarity of having hilarity is too strong a term. The the uh, I I'm not. Should I edit it out? No no no. It's okay. Amusing, <laughs> amusing nature of having. A postscript, which is almost as long, if not longer, than the statement itself. Oh, well, I didn't. I, I couldn't read that because I already put so much drama into their uh, into their original statement. Yes, they have a postscript describing what this thing is not, and. Um, Yes, Rabbi Bechaver, the postscript, what the statement means and doesn't. And you're right, it's pretty much saying, yes, a good of the show statement is precisely and only what the title states. And, okay, and then it repeats things, and then it says, our statement doesn't mean we reject it anyway, our fellow Jews who may not recognize that truth. Okay, when you make a statement, people hear it. So what, oh, I didn't mean to, right? <laughs> This is sort of like you know the uh, the the trial lawyer who, uh, who throws something in front of the jury and knows that uh, he knows the judge is going to say please uh, disregard that statement right. Nor does it mean we'll in any way change our support for Israel's needs. And most importantly, our statement is not intended to and does not in any way injure Jewish unity. Now, how do they know? <laughs> On the contrary, it fosters it. And it's reminding to all Jews that as Rav Sadiagon famously declared, the Jewish nation is a nation only by virtue of the Torah. Oh, I agree with that. Um, you know, that's definitely, uh, we know that from our Sinai. So you're right, the postscript, but what did you want to say about this postscript? You're saying that it... A postscript doesn't want, the postscript, except in quoting the title of the statement, doesn't mention the word Haredi. It says, a good Israel statement of a good Israel and Haredi prince, on Haredi principles. There it is. Yes, but that's only quoting the title of the quoting the title of the statement. It doesn't go on to talk about the uh, you know Haredi juries, this, that, the other thing. That's not they don't mention that. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I think that. Oh, you that, know, look, look, let me respond a little bit though. Besides, you're right. I, I, again, you agree with me that you don't really know why this statement had to come out. Now, what did we have to hear about it for in America? For right, you, you agree with that, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess just to respond to, to your point, um, look, these titles uh, have, have become have meant more than they used to. You're right. Uh, what does Haredi mean in America to Haredi and Eretz Yisrael? I think that's two separate things. Um, I think in Eretz Yisrael, many people who today we would call regular Yeshiva Shabalabatim almost have to identify with Haredi over there. Uh, the, the, you're forced to like pick a side there that you're not forced to over here. I think that many people, including many of our loyal Rizcha Daraisa listeners, probably reject the idea of uh, being termed Haredi. Um, although, had they lived in Eretz Yisrael and they were faced with the type of tension and issues, they might have to brand themselves that way. And I think that's part of the confusion um, that, that that's issuing forth here. Um, and in that way, 
you're right. Agudas Yisrael, many people who are part of the Aguda would probably bristle at the, at, at the notion that they are Haredi. But I think it's sort of like things have evolved to a point that that term, based on what it means there, taken over here, it's sort of, you know, that's sort of where our bridge lies. Um, you know, if we would have to say the modern Orthodox, not the modern Orthodox, but the average Yeshivisha Balabas would probably find himself more connected to the, what's the, the Haredi point of view than, let's say, uh, Mafdal or, 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 or some of the other movements in Eretz Yisrael. That's, again, I'm trying to be, mis- to get Muhammad Slus a little bit, but um, I can understand that. Uh, what, do you, what would you say, Rabbi Yasef, one of our uh, listeners uh, responding to your, this was on your blog, I think, or one yeah, of your... It's a private email. Uh, a private email. But one of your, one of our listeners um, felt that this is another example of the Aguda uh, not necessarily having its uh, captain, uh, from the, the Novominsker, that since the Novominsker was Nifter right before Pesach, uh, there's been a number of missteps that the Aguda has made. We've talked about uh, uh, that in terms of the um, the lawsuit that they were pushing in the summer and those type of arguments. Would you say that um, the Aguda statements are a sign that they that they would need somebody, uh, that they need to get their act together? I'm sorry? <laughs> okay, I, I, know you were, I know you were I watching something. The, the statement that after the Minsker Rebbe's uh, I'm saying that since the Minskus Ptira, there's been a number of major missteps in your mind, of, of, in his mind, and maybe yours too. And we definitely said we, we were uh, against a few of them that the Aguda has gone out for. Would you say that there's a pattern uh, well, developing? Before we get to that, I'd like to address another thing that he mentioned in his email, which was the, the comparison between this um, issue today and the World Science Organization. And Synagogue Council of America, New York Board of Rabbis, track of 1957, which I believe 11 Rosh Yeshiva, including the Rosh Yeshiva and YU, uh, with David Lipschitz and with Menachem Lender Zaks, uh, said that it is an issue for um, short to, to for a Jewish organization belong to Jewish, the Synagogue Council of America, and an issue on rabbis belong to the Board of Rabbis, which Rabbi Soloveitchik famously did not sign. And then it's a tremendous machlekas. Why he done that sign, uh, this this uh, iser, and um, this iser was rolled out many many times over the years. Even after the synagogue council of America became defunct, right. um, and I, I I don't think that this is uh, that 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 prohibition can be extended to this. This is much more like that good of joining the Knesset. That good of joining the Knesset obviously could only saw a matter of that. And the reason is because it's a, a, a secular organization, which doesn't really have anything to do with uh, uh, religious, uh, with religion, and it's got a lot of money to distribute for the benefit of Amisrael. And so, through the WZO, it's not really a state of religious organization in the sense that it validates or concern reform and reconstructionists along with Orthodox as. The Synagogue Council of America knew what a rabbis might have done. It's an, a, a, a secular organization which parties join in order to have some say over a lot of money. So I I, I don't know. I, I don't think for that matter that the the Moetzis in putting out this 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 um, uh, statement of principles was was even referring in any way, shape, or form 
to that side because that side was very about a very different issue. Rather, they were trying to, to make what they call a principled stand against joining any organization which has the banner of Zionism floating over it. Although, again, I don't see how they're distinguishing that in the Knesset. Do you have any lumbus to be machalic between that? Well, again, if you want to talk about the, uh, the Board of Rabbis, Psak, and the um, Synagogue Council, there, there was this, um, uh, by sitting on the same table with them, you were actually equating um, uh, the the <laughs> the strengths of each of each system, right? <laughs> By sitting at the same table and now being under this umbrella, it was all of it was like you say. It was all about uh, shmir samitzvus. So if you're together with them, this is just another voice about how you're supposed to be mitzvahs. That's as if that's that sounds like you're equalizing. Here, it's clearly for a political purpose. Um, it isn't about uh, it isn't about being a rov. It isn't about a being uh, uh, you know representing a way to interpret the Torah. Um, so yes, I agree with you. I don't think there's a uh, I, I don't think there's a hashva. Um, okay. uh, it, it seems I don't know what the statement had in it, but the the words that the Aguda seemed to be very upset about was that Zionism is a national liberation movement of the Jewish people. And it's the centrality of the state of Israel in the life of the nation. Now, to me, um, I, in liberation movement, I'm not sure what it was in Hebrew. I'm not sure exactly what the words were. Liberation movement is a very packed uh, political term, uh, liberation movement. Um, and so therefore, I'm not exactly sure if that's, you know, if we can you know, connect to that or not. I, you know, to me, that's that's all about these countries that threw off the shackles of colonialism and stuff like that uh, uh, after World War II. But the idea that it's the centrality of the state of Israel in the life of the nation, I think that can't the Aguda agree that even though it, it's not the essence of Yadus, having the state is definitely central now in our lives. <laughs> and anything that would, that, would, that would challenge that state, if the state would go under, uh, especially in, in, in the way things are now, yes, the life of the nation would be misukan. So I'm not sure exactly why they can't even agree to that. Not necessarily saying that, that it, it's a mitzvah saseh to have a state. But the fact is, the way that life is now, that the, the, the threat to that state is is a is a threat to Klal Yisrael, bepikuach nefesh mamish. So you know, I'm not sure why. Uh, you know, it can't be. It doesn't take much of a lamdin to interpret those words in a way that I think even uh, other than the Tori Kartaniks, I think even Haredim can agree that if the state of Israel goes down, right, <laughs> the life of the nation is threatened. Right? I, think or, that, I think that. The, what has happened, and I'm just fascinated with all this, with here probably as well, is that uh, that the, the Agora Israel of America has put, has de facto this inner tension between, to the extent that Agora has organizational um, structure, between uh, the the Dolim who are pro. Aguda slash Degel in Eretz Yisrael and Agogdolim who are pro Shmuel Arabach, Sichon Livracha's splinter group, Helek, Yushami, or Eitz as they, when they ran for elections, they call themselves ones who make those demonstrations in the streets, the sit-down demonstrations against even 
um, um, registering at Rishkat Hagius instead of uh, let alone going to, not not just going to the army. And uh, I think that that faction is a very uh, much a, a reactionary faction, which is uh, to the right, so to speak, of uh, the old classic Agudist position. And I think that it's the the that faction in the American Aguda which uh, demanded that such a statement be made. Well, again, I, I, what I would say is that um, I think what the Agudas Yisrael needs to be more concerned about is standing shoulder and shoulder with the RCA, with the um, with the RZA as well, with Young Israel, with all the organizations of Shemrei Torah Mitzvahs, despite the philosophical differences, and to have a united front, especially when, when it comes to being mazir, uh, people to keep all the health standards and to not brazenly um, uh, flaunt them. Well, we the, spoke, I think Bishaita, we spoke, I spoke about that when we had Anrisul the Raisa, how, what folly it was to sue the state to open the summer camp. Yes, and, I mentioned, we mentioned that before, but, but, but what I'm saying is this statement, although they say it's not against Achtus, is not going to play well with the RCA. It's not going to play well with the RZA. It's not going to play with, again, I, I think we're sort of in a, a situation till, especially maybe for, for who knows how long after COVID, uh, maybe that's when it'll end. But especially during this period, I think the differences between the groups has to be uh, not accentuated because there needs to be a unified voice that everybody says, look, every single Godel sign, every single organization sign. So this way, nobody can go out there and say, well, uh, I, can, I can act this way. So I think this type of statement, well-intentioned or not, and maybe, as you say, it helps for the Eretz Yisrael faction, I think does a damage to the unified voice here. Um, uh, I think you, you probably agree with me on that point. Let's just end tonight uh, with what I guess we would have talked about. Um, any thoughts here about uh, uh, about uh, our new president-to-be? And other than my tefillis that I gave for him, any thoughts that you want to say about how things went down in the election? I, I don't feel any um, sense of uh, glee that Biden won. I don't feel that this is, uh, you know, the harbinger of the gula, just like when, when Trump, Donald Trump was elected, I didn't feel that har- that was a harbinger of the gula, as many people were seen to have felt at the time. Uh, you know, I think that he was the lesser of two evils. I think he was the, uh, the better of the two choices. Merkaj Baruch, who helped him to uh, lead this nation with wisdom and with uh, propriety. And... Uh, the fact that he won is not a reason for people to go out and uh, celebrate. It's a reason to be, for those of us who believe that he should be elected, for Hodot uh, so, so, so I guess let's just end with this. Would you, would you want, we talked about a unifying voice. Maybe it's time, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday, for all the, the religious organizations to send the Mazel Tov to Biden. And in this way, indicating that they aren't necessarily backing Donald Trump's attempts to uh, challenge the uh, election. Well, I think the two of us, as the most important and significant podcast in the Orthodox Jewish world, with uh, representatives of the most distinguished uh, <laughs> factions 
in the Jewish world. Yes. We sent our mazel tov and our best wishes to President-elect Biden and know that he has the backing of our August person. <laughs> I hear. Well, listen, you know, you have a number of organizations behind you. I don't know what they are. There's HDOS and there's the, uh, right, the, the Coalition for, uh, you know. What's that choose against? Racism, racism, and there's a couple of others, right? That they're, they're all, the Olim Society. You've got a bunch of things on your side. Anyway, my point, though, is, is that I think that, uh, Look, I actually... I'm happy to include you in my uh, formal greeting. I'm sure I am. Sure, when they write my epitaph, they'll say, and he was also on, he was in Bechoffer's blog somewhere. <laughs> they'll say, yeah, don't we remember that name somewhere in Cold Kiss? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I clicked on one of your links. My Collected Writings. Yeah, maybe, I think I'm there in a footnote somewhere about the Shagasari, I think. But um, uh, I see you're dancing around on this, but I would say, look, you know, maybe... You know, it, it doesn't sit well with me uh, the way the election uh, developed in terms of the arguments against Trump, because I thought the arguments were there without what they were. Um, the, um, you know, I, I felt there was enough to make against them. I didn't, I didn't enjoy hearing, uh, you know, a lot of that. You know, there is something important to say. There is something important to say, which is Rabbani who came out for Trump. And... Uh, most United as well, I think. In America, it seems that the letter was written several months ago. wasn't actually a direct endorsement of Trump. But the Rabbi Ritzel came up with Trump, including my good friend, Rabbi David Kandel, of uh, the Rosh Hashim State Road, the religious Zionist rabbis who came up with Trump, the Rabbi Nebrak, the Rabbi Donner, who said uh, the, Jew, the ladies who write, write Hanukkah, uh, Shabbos candles 10 minutes early last week, during this course that Trump should win the election. This is not the Derek of Israel. We don't do things like that. We don't tell Kodesh Baruch Hu who he should make presents. We say to Kodesh Baruch Hu, you should pick the best person for the job for us. That's what you should dive him for. Putting all the eggs in one basket is a, is a mistake. First of all, it's bad for the Muna when people dive for that and light candles early and it doesn't happen. And also, it, it's bad for Ashkapa because it's aligning ourselves with one person who's not Jewish and not a Manik Yisrael and not a paragon of Avodah uh, Hashem. Over another person who's not a paragon of our relationship. These are not the people we should dive in for and dive in for their success. We dive in for recognition. Yes. Well, like I said, and, and, and therefore, I think, as you say, perhaps now uh, what we need to do is, is show our fealty to the democratic process. And instead of digging our heels in and refusing to uh, congratulate the president-elect, I would expect these organizations that we talked about, including Aguda that we started, that we spent most of the time with, to quickly send their congratulations to them. And I think that would be for the best for Klal Yisrael and for uh, Jewish life in the United States. That's about it, my friends. Uh, next week, uh, we hope to uh, once again bring you some scintillating talk uh, with the Sada Theater himself. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.